Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and I just want to take this time to say thank you to everyone who's listened this last year. I've had the opportunity to interview some brilliant experts and some truly inspiring e-commerce brands. In case you missed some of those episodes, I've put together this episode to highlight some of those mind-blowing conversations. Make sure you turn in for 2023 for a new season of All Things Ecom Profit Podcast, all things digital marketing, and some amazing experts that we are going to have on this show. I want to cheers everybody to a successful 2022 and an even better 2023. Thank you so much for listening and until new year. My recommendation for how do you get over this? So great, Don, you've painted this picture for us of all of the terrible things that are happening with distribution. So what is a business owner to do? Because just in time inventory, although really the way that it should be, isn't something that can happen at this point. So you have to figure out something else to do. So my my commentary and, and my thoughts on this are about how you can find local distributors or how you can think about going for a, a different distributor or manufacturer that is closer to you in proximity that isn't maybe coming from China. So this original example that I gave you of this person, uh, this company that's getting great results in paid media, not being able to get their product in time, it's taking them on average at this point about four months to get product from China. And then when it's coming from China, it's sitting on a port somewhere because there's a labor shortage. It's not being able to get from point A to point B after it's on the port, getting into a truck, getting into a train, you know, onto a train, being sent to where it needs to be, and it's taking months at a time. So our recommendation to this client was, is there a way for you to find another manufacturer that doesn't come from overseas or doesn't come from so far away? When you're starting your own business, you literally are starting from nothing. And that recognition and realization of, oh, shit, I don't have somebody to come fix my computer the first week it was broken. I remember sitting in my office looking around thinking, huh, well, before I would just like pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, IT team, come help me. And here I am in my home office, all excited about my first week in business. And man, my computer crashed. I remember thinking, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? And how do I get this thing fixed? I don't know where to go. I don't know who to ask. Do I like pick it up and take it somewhere? I, I think the naivete or the 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 crazy that is associated with people who jump into this space or, or people like myself who are just so naive, we, we come into this like thinking that oh, we got all the, we got all the tools we need. When the reality is, I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care how much experience you have. I don't care if you're like the, the best of the best of the best. When it is your own business, it is an entirely different ballgame. I mean, it was literally like I had that $30,000 a month and I think the next month I had like 8,000 and then it was like less and less. And I was like, do I even have a business? And that's, right. and that was when it was like, oh gosh, what do I do? And I was spending the money. I wasn't keeping the profits. Like it was this whole, 
because I just had no idea what I was doing and no employees. I mean, nothing, none of the things, you know, I'm doing it all out of my back room at my house. And, um, which I was using print on demand. So it wasn't the good thing was that I wasn't like, didn't have mountains of inventory and that kind of thing. Sure, but, sure. um, but I, I, I think I wish, I wish that I would have, I wish that I would have like tried to see, like I tried to learn what was coming or how yeah. to actually run a business properly in that time, instead of just like frivolously kind of just going through it, you know, and just yeah. thinking like, I figured it out. I solved it, you know, cause right. I, I was just, yeah, very naive. Like you said, I, I wish that I would have seek out, sought out more advice or maybe bought a course or, or found a mentor like, and I kind of had a mentor, but not in that way. Like he wasn't actively teaching me. He was running his own business and I was kind of like trying to go to him, like what I do next, what I do, you know, and it, and it was, yeah, I was getting little yeah. bits and pieces. What do you think are kind of maybe the top three or maybe there's five, I don't know, of the, the most important emails that someone should have and then getting those into an evergreen sort of situation. So, you know, e-com is a little bit in a different space than the info products, but I think there's still a lot of mesh on you should have these set of email sequences set up regardless of what you're selling, right? So in your opinion, what do you think is the, like the most important types of sequences that people should focus on first? So for e-com, I'd say abandoned cart is definitely the first one. Um, if I could only do one, it would be abandoned cart for e-com. And the reason is because um, that one's going to be the easiest one to earn back money from or earn money from. Uh, because if you have anywhere from 70 to 85% of people abandoning their cart, even if you were able to recover 10% of those sales, that could be significant for you, especially over time, but even in a month's period, depending on how much traffic you have, in, have coming in. So for sure, abandoned cart definitely is one that you want to have. For e-commerce, I'd say a buyer sequence also. That would be like your VIPs or the people that want coupons or the people that have bought from you before. Um, these are your warm, warm, warm leads. These are the ones that you can make sales from uh, probably fairly easily. And so having that sequence to remind them to go back to your shop is going to be a really helpful one for that. Um, and then the other one I'd say was probably your fulfillment email because or your fulfillment sequence. A lot of people have one fulfillment email, but if you want to get the most out of it, you can have a fulfillment sequence where you give them a little bit more information about other products they might like um, and other ways to connect with you. And a lot of times we're working in our secondary or sometimes even in our third, um, you know, space to be able to, to recognize that like, okay, I really wasn't intended or put on earth to be doing this, but I've just been doing it because that's what everybody said I should be doing, or that's where I found my passion or found my place in the world, or I've been at corporate for so long. This just feels like the, the right thing to be doing. And so how have you started to use this now as you've worked with women, you, you've helped kind of coach them and you're kind of helping develop sort of what that strategy looks like as far as what do you do with it once you find it? How do you shift and that type of thing? Is that is that primarily how you've been, you know, coaching women lately? Well, it's it's become the starting point for my work with people because I have found in the women that I've worked with who've taken this assessment that all of a sudden that it explains so many decisions that they've made in the past, yeah. whether they were positive or negative. They can see, oh, wow, okay, this is 
this is why this was the right decision. This is why this was the wrong decision. There yeah. are other women who are like, wow, I finally have the words to describe myself. Yeah. And I was never able to like put the words to what it is that I love to do. Yeah. But this description is like, it was written for me. Yeah. And like having that, that self-knowledge. Yeah. Clarity and, really. Yeah. Right. And understanding that like, okay, wait, instead of what I should do or yeah. what I've been conditioned to do, or sometimes for some people, it's as simple as like the first job they got out of college or the first job they got when they started in the workforce literally was the thing that created their path for the next 20 years. Yeah. It could have been randomly that you, that you took job A instead of job B. Yeah. And both of those things would have put you in a completely different place, sent you in a completely different direction. What I should have done, and this is the, the point of the podcast, what I should have done is recognized at that point in my business that I was not the expert in all of the things. I shouldn't have been the expert in all of the things, and I should have started to recognize and realize that I need help and I need additional support in areas where it isn't my zone of genius. These aren't the things that I'm really good at. These aren't the things that I should, as the CEO of a company, be doing Nonetheless, spending hours and hours of time trying to learn the thing. What I should have been leaning into was my zone of genius of, yes, being super analytical. Yes, being really competitive. Yes, learning and, you know, having great discipline and being able to have a good relationship with people. Those are all really strong things that I should lean into, but in my zone of genius. Sometimes there are clients who are not great. Sometimes there are clients who don't pay their bills. Sometimes there are team members who don't show up the way they're supposed to for the team or for our clients. Sometimes you have to have tough conversations with vendors and with other people. Sometimes there are, you know, really hard, uncomfortable conversations that you have to have that put you in a situation as the CEO of your business kind of way out of the elements of what feels comfortable. But that is part of it. That's part of being a business owner. But does it really fulfill you? Is this really your purpose and your passion? And I can't really answer that for you, but what I can answer for myself is that what I do know is that my passion and purpose is constantly morphing it's constantly changing, it's constantly evolving, and it's constantly becoming something better than what it was before. Can you talk about that challenge as well and, and how you've really been able to focus on that? Because to me, that's really, you know, all of this is very, very moving, but being able to help, you know, not add to the, you know, deterioration of the earth and things like that. It's just incredible. So talk a little bit about that part of it for us. 
Well, for the, thank you for noticing and recognizing that it's really hard. And I think that's really important. As all small businesses understand that sustainability is something that's not easy and there's no answer, right? There's right. no real, like, I think as humans, we love black and white, like just so we know what's right, what's wrong. And unfortunately, right. the whole topic is so nuanced. And then even now there's a lot of like washing, greenwashing that happens within the yep. space. So it's just don't throw the word around. Fear and excitement carry the same energy. Mm. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. They they carry the same energy in the body. So Mm -hmm. it's like when I'm fearful, you know, when you're fear, you can feel those little butterflies. Well, it's the same thing when I'm excited. And so I have a choice now. I can say, you know, I can either step into the fear and just not make anything happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's, there's a F everything and run, right? Right. Here, right. Or right. face everything and rise. Yeah. You know? Oh, I like that. Face everything and rise. That's amazing. So so I can choose I can make that choice. And in, mm-hmm. in doing that faith, taking that step of faith, I'm stepping into the excitement of a new adventure. And it applies that to everybody from a store, and then you can start to group them together. And so really the thing, the key thing I want to take away here is um, it's just all about pattern finding and pattern recognition. It just so happens that some of these AI tools that are out there today can do these really well when you have a lot of data. And obviously, it's, you, know, you know, probably far better than a human can. So that's kind of right. how it works at the highest level. It's amazing. And then, and then how do you, you know, how do you do that then or recommend people to use that as far as marketing campaigns go? It's a great question. You know, one of the things we try to avoid is this um, paralysis by analysis, you know, sort of thing, analysis right, paralysis, right. where people just get yeah. a whole bunch of data. What we find to work best, um, you know, I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, we take all of these sort of insights and predictions, and the way we use them is to group people together based on similarity. And this is something yeah. that marketers are, you know, pretty used to today, where you've yeah. got customer audiences or customer segments based on some characteristics. Uh, marketers that aren't using AI today, maybe they're doing things like simple rules, like, hey, somebody didn't buy, you know, in the past 90 days. So we're going to group them all together and give them a discount. We're just doing the same thing using AI. And then what we do is we help these marketers use these segments to come up with campaigns that are likely to respond, that these people are likely to respond to. So you might have one group of people who are likely to buy this red dress. And so that's pretty easy. You just say to a marketer, hey, send these guys this um, a promotion for a red dress Maybe give them a small discount and, uh, you know, send it to them via email or SMS or paid social, whatever it is that our tool figures out is going to work best. Um, Or you might say, hey, look, like these groups of people, they really are at risk. Like maybe some of them have purchased in the past 70 days, but maybe their average purchase time is every five days. And so this is really a risky customer because you're losing them. But what are some things there that that are tips or tricks that you can start giving on how to get your business ready for sale? Sure. Um, I think the number one is a lot of times when people are thinking about selling their business, they kind of get dollar signs in their eyes. and like, oh, Mm. if I'm doing this much profit and I sell for this multiple, I could make this much money. Yeah. That's fine, but um, that's only if you sell it. And so to sell it, you need to find a buyer who's willing to part with with their money in exchange for it. So what really helps is to actually flip things around and look at your business through the eyes of the buyer and ask yourself, would you buy your business? 
Mm. And if you if the answer is yes, well, great, but but nevertheless, there's still going to be some work to do. And the answer might be well, maybe, but these aspects are a little bit kind of shaky. One of the things that I always call attention to um, is our customer journey mapping in which you can yes. literally see the percent of customers um, that are converting at each touch point along the journey. Um, and I just so heavily recommend that brands, if you ha- if you are t- using Triple Whale, you use that to think about how you can optimize your funnels um, based on those pathways to either get you know people to convert faster at a lower cost. Um, I see very frequently, and I often get called onto podcasts where people will ask me, okay, so you're so bullish on TikTok. You're seeing this growth in spend, but we're just not seeing the ROAS. We're not seeing the conversion. Um, and yeah. my my soapbox for Q4 2022 is really um, to be thinking about your MER, your marketing efficiency ratio, and thinking yeah. a little bit more holistically about your performance marketing. Because if we know on average it takes you know most brands three to four touch points to conversion for their consumers, it's okay if they aren't converting. You know, last click on TikTok, it might just be part of their journey. I just want to take a minute and say thank you to everyone who has listened and downloaded and given us reviews. I appreciate the feedback and the comments that you have made around the Ecom Profit Podcast this year. I can't wait to share with you what I have coming up for 2023. It is going to be amazing. So many brand features, guest experts. It's going to help all of us in the ecom space really grow and expand. And I just wanted to say Thank you again. Happy holidays, everyone, and cheers to a happy, profitable, and successful new year.